Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, it's Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Island College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button like you're Brandon Davies. You, you have consent. If you haven't yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Knock that out while you're here. Let's get into it. Once again... And I was hesitant, but once again, we are starting with the Big 12 because that's the best conference in the country. It has the most best teams. It's the most interesting conference race going. And we had notable developments in that league over the past couple of nights. On Monday night, Baylor beat Kansas. So now the Jayhawks are on a three-game losing streak, just the fourth of Bill Self's career at Kansas. Then on Tuesday night, Iowa State beat Kansas State. Texas beat Oklahoma State. TCU beat Oklahoma what that means is that we now have a three-way tie for first in the Big 12 standings between Texas, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Those three schools are all 6-2 and two in the league. Kansas, TCU, Baylor, each one game back with five and three league marks. All six of those schools, again, Texas, Iowa State, Kansas State, Kansas, TCU, and Baylor, they're in the top 13 of my top 25 and one dead leg. How are you sizing up the Big 12 race? How many conference wins? Let's start here. Is it going to take to get at least a share of the Big 12 title this season? Mm, uh, okay, I don't have the I don't have the projections out right now. I assume you do. Uh, I'll guess. Okay, I'll guess, and I think now it's got a poll up right now. So everyone watching, hello, smash it, smash it, and vote in that poll. I will. Uh, not a who, who did you have for the couple things one this poll you have what kansas k-state iowa state are those three teams in the poll right now that that is the three teams i know the tcu fans are going to be upset that i didn't include them but yeah not yet uh tcu is obviously on the board there tcu will jump back almost definitely into my power rankings on thursday the record uh, i'll guess that it's going to be i'll guess 13 and 7 wins the big 12 this season do you have those projections up in front of well, you n- nobody's going 13 and 7 because they're going to play eight they're going to play 18 league games. Okay. <laughs> so so was, nobody's going 13 and 7. That's good. How about okay, so 7 in the loss column. How about 11 and 7? Is that the uh is that the most likely outcome for projections right now? Ken Palm currently has it 12 and 6 uh as the uh, co-champs and it is projecting at this moment that the co-champs at 12 and 6 will be Texas and Iowa State with Kansas State, Kansas, and TCU finishing 11-7 and one game back. Those projections obviously change after 
or typically change after every uh, new wave of results. So they could look different uh, on Saturday night. But right now, Ken Palm projects that 12 and 6 will get you at least a share of the Big 12 title. Yeah, Texas isn't on the board in that poll either. Obviously, is deserving of that. And we are getting okay. So I will to answer the question. Yeah, it feels like 12, 12 wins is going to do it probably, but I think it's going to be. I think the most likely outcome is that we see the Big Twelve have multiple teams finish atop the league with with the same record there, and then we'll they'll figure out tiebreakers for seeding in the Big Twelve tournament. But it's a wonderful race at the moment. In Wednesday's court report, I do have a, a little thing on Baylor as well. 15 and 5. Talk with Scott Drew briefly on Tuesday as he, as he was actually at his home. Just uh, he picked up the phone. He's like, I'm in the middle of watching Kansas here. I was like, all right, take me through it. And uh, he was just trying to pick up on, on the intricacies, the smaller stuff there. And Baylor, it's not it's not out of the question. Five and three right now, just a game behind. Winners of five in a row and now fully healthy there. Uh, I do think we are getting... So I was thinking about this last night, GP. I, I do think, even though this is clearly the best conference in the country, here's another thing that's in today's court report. Someone asked me how many are over under 10 wins in the NCAA tournament for the Big 12 this season. I don't think you've read the court report. Can I trivia time you real quick? You can trivia time me, sure. Trivia oh. time, okay. So if the Big 12 mm-hmm. gets, gets to seven teams this season, that would match the league record. It's never sent more than seven in any iteration uh, has this conference before, but it's, it's, it's done it before and it's done it six times. The first time happened in 2010. Most recently it happened in 2021. Quickie trivia time. What do you think the record is for the big 12 for most wins by that league in a single NCAA tournament? Well, you've got multiple years where they get six, you know, just from Kansas or Baylor. All right. So yep. you, you've got those. Um, so the, the, the minimum is going to be six, and that's obviously not going to be the answer. I'll say twelve. Ding, ding, ding. Twelve is the exact answer. Happened in 2018. Good on you. Good on you. 2018, Kansas got four of them. Made the final four. 2018, Texas Tech got three of them, made the Elite Eight. West Virginia was a five seed that picked off a pair of victories that season. Kansas State was the nine seed. Remember, it beat Kentucky to get to the Elite Eight, so it got three more that season. Um, TCU made the tournament but didn't get any wins that season. Texas and Oklahoma were 10 seeds. Texas got one, uh, did not win a game in the, in the NCAA tournament that season. Oklahoma didn't either. That was Trey Young's one and done season. But 12 is the record there. I was asked over under 10 this season. And in the, in the mailbag portion of today's court report, I, say, I said exactly 10. Because uh, they've only beaten 10 twice. And that's Baylor winning the national championship and Kansas going to the final four. You got to get to get more than 10 wins. You probably got to get at least one team to the final four. Now there's a decent chance of that this season because of how good the league is. But I do think that this, this seven number is probably the threshold parish because we are getting a real split top six, then the other four. Right. Cause right now Texas tech still hasn't won a game. Texas tech isn't going to the tournament. West Virginia is not going to go to the tournament. Eight is the best case scenario, but Oklahoma state and Oklahoma right now, they're a pair of 11 and nine teams. Uh, Oklahoma has got two league wins and Oklahoma state has three. The prob- probably one of those two teams is going to probably get enough wins. I think to where we look up and it's like, 
They're going to Dayton. I think I think the Big 12 will send seven, but we have a clear delineation at this point with it being Iowa State, Texas, Kansas State, TCU, Kansas, and Baylor. And then the rest of the the rest of the teams are are a tier or two below that. I would say Kansas it would still be my pick to win the league. We talked about this a couple shows ago. I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna shift off of that just just yet. I know it's a it's a game behind. It's on a three game losing streak. It's got to play at Kentucky, but that's not gonna count toward the league game even if it loses there. Um, but I think it's it would be my choice to be most likely to finish atop the standings GP. But having said that, I would take Kansas along the likes of. Iowa State, maybe Texas. I don't know. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome league with an awesome, awesome league race, and I'm thrilled to see it developing in this kind of way. I'm going to still stick with Kansas as a projected league champ just because, like, if you did, if you just said Kansas at any point, no matter the good or the bad, at any point over the past 19 seasons, you'll end up being right 16 of the 19 times. So I'm just going to play the numbers, right? I, Kansas, and until it gets to a point where it is quite clear somebody besides Kansas is going to win this league title, I'm going to assume Kansas is going to get at least a share of it. I do want to discuss their three-game losing streak in just a second. First, before we do that, some more thoughts on just the, the top of the Big 12. To your question, I'll go over 10 NCAA tournament wins for the league because once you put Kansas State and Iowa State in the national championship game, you're guaranteed 11. Okay. You're guaranteed 11 right there. We're going. So you just – the Kansas State Iowa State National Championship game is going to guarantee one of those schools is going to get six wins. The other one's going to end the season with five tournament wins. So that's eleven. And I'm just assuming, you know, Baylor can get one, or Kansas can get one, or TCU can get one, or Texas can get one. Way over ten for the Big Twelve this season. Like I mentioned, I've got six. Those six schools uh, that we've discussed in the top thirteen of the top 25 and one and the three I thought this was sort of interesting the three that are currently tied for first in the standings Texas Iowa State and Kansas State sort of a a common thread between those programs is that they've all got new staffs I mean you know Rodney Terry's in his first year as the interim coach but even if it were still Chris Beard that would be a second year staff in Austin TJ Osselberger's staff is a second year staff at Iowa State. Jerome Tank's staff is a year one staff at Kansas State. So all three schools are proving to varying degrees um, that it no longer has to take time to move a program to a better place. And I know that the place Jerome Tang started or the place TJ Otzelberger started is vastly different than the place the Texas staff started. But either way, these are three staffs that have been on campus, relatively speaking, very little time, and they flip these things into incredible products very quickly. Um, you know, the combination of an always full transfer portal with the one-time transfer waiver with name, image, and likeness opportunities have created a world where rebuilds can take months, not years. Now, that doesn't mean every new coach at New, every new school is going to flip a bad thing into a good thing overnight as quickly as it's been done at, let's just say, Iowa State and, and Kansas State. Uh, but it does mean it's possible. And it does at least suggest to me that some of the first-year and second-year coaches who are out there you know, begging fans or pleading with fans or just asking fans um, for patience and, and time, um, the truth is they're just not being – as immediately impactful 
in their jobs as they perhaps could have been, or at the very least, as immediately impactful as some of their colleagues are being, most notably right now, T.J. Otzelberger and, and Jerome Tang. You with me on this Iowa State train? Because I don't know if I want to let you on. Team uh, Cyclones are a major problem, dude. They, they, they get a good win over a good Kansas State team on Tuesday. Jaron Holmes had 18 second half points. Just another... Just another really good, like the Big 12 is just the most reliable watch in the country, man. And, you know, Caleb Grill kind of gutted through uh, a tough evening. Gabe Kalsher was good again. And Altsburg has been, what he's been able to do is just, it really is remarkable. Like he, he did, they've got, I don't have it in front of me, he's beaten like eight ranked teams now in a year and a half or something like that. It, it's just, they are legitimately a national title contender. And this podcast is reporting that first. It's the Iowa State Bonnies. I know that's that's also coming together, right? That's that's a, that's been a big development, specifically with Ashuni, because I remember talking to TJ about that in the preseason, and him saying he's going to be good for us, but don't hype him early because I know he's going to need time, and he has needed time. But they are there's a variety of reasons why they're making it work, but yeah, there's just you know, there, there's. There's so much to like about what the Cyclones are doing on both sides of the ball. Defensively, you know, they're reliable, but they're getting better on offense. And they actually have, even though they don't rate out points per possession as top shelf, maybe not even second shelf, they actually have the capability and capacity to be streaky and really come after you and get you there. And there isn't a single loss on the on the docket so far that is concerning. ISU fans might say, listen, it actually is concerning the way that we blew it against Oklahoma State. Fine, I guess, but you were in a low-scoring game. Oklahoma State desperate at home, also good defensively, is what it is. But you you take a loss against Kansas only by two. You lose against Iowa on the road. Not close, I get it. Connecticut, at the time, Connecticut was the best team in the country there. There had been some big gaps, but even I remember talking to TJ after they got beat by UConn in Portland, and it was just kind of a don't like it, but shrug it off. Still love what our team has got here. They went two and one in PK eighty five. I don't think most people will are are considering. They they look at Iowa State competitive in a good conference and they're like, okay, that's a that's a good team. They're going to the tournament. They made the Sweet sixteen. I'm telling you, they're good and they are good enough to make the Final Four. And maybe it's going to take folks a couple more weeks to come around to that. But between Ashuni's development. Holmes playing the way that he has as of late and being a good three-point shooter. Kalsher can shoot. Caleb Grill obviously can shoot. There is enough there. The question becomes whether or not on the topic of the greater Big 12 GP, will the conference be benefited in March by all this play? Sometimes I think that gets a little overstated, but I do believe coaches when they say once they get to the tournament, they're like, thank God I'm out of league play. <laughs> I just want to play anyone but these, these players and these coaches that I've been scheming against for the past two plus months. I get all that, but the teams in this league are so good. Uh, I can't help but wonder if once they get to March and there is a change of pace, if, if some of them might, might wind up, you know, stumbling and not getting the second weekend because it is it's an absolute grind man you can you can easily say that texas isu kansas k-state tcu and baylor i think you can say this i think they are all final four contenders six teams that's ridiculous and i can't remember the last time a league had six would you agree or disagree all six final four contenders i think you can make a case for any of them 
Well, if you're in the top 13 of my rankings, you are by definition a Final Four contender, and I've got all six of those in the top 13. Like I wrote on Wednesday morning, not I think any of the six can win the the top the big the the Big Twelve title. Any of the mm-hmm. six can win, still win the Big Twelve title, and any of the six can make the Final Four. And I, I'm hesitant to say any of the six could actually win a national championship, but yeah. agreed. You know, maybe three of the six could win a could win a national championship and. To answer your question, am I with you on Iowa State? I don't want to ruin it for the Cyclones. It's it's over. I don't want to ruin it. Every time, every time I start trying to drive a train, I run it right off the tracks. It's anything, man. It's a tough. It's not a tough. To inform me before you hopped on. Is it true or is it not true mm. that mere hours before Kansas State played Iowa State, you went on a Kansas State podcast, and then what happened? <laughs> It's true. It's true. Is it true or is it not true? I know we'll get to this, but since I'm rolling here. That you that we kind of, you know, downplayed this Imani Bates season. And then what happened? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So was, uh, like last week or in a previous pocket, like within the past week, I was like, have you even thought about Imani Bates? Then he goes out and scores 43. Um, I I um, expressed my loyalty to, to Quavion. He immediately had to be carried out on a stretcher. All right. <laughs> like what? What is going on? What is going on? Podcast is cursed. So I'm hesitant. I'm because he- I love TJ. But I had to do have Iowa State up to number five in the top 25 and one this morning. It's number one, <laughs> Purdue, number two, Alabama, number three, Texas, number four, UCLA, number five, Iowa State, and then Kansas State. Just one spot below the team it lost to. Uh, on, on, on Tuesday night, uh, real quick on Kansas, mm-hmm. three game losing streak, only the fourth of Bill Self's time at KU. We are in year twenty of Bill Self in um, at Kansas, and I am not that. Cons- I still have Kansas in the top ten of the top twenty five and one on a three game losing streak because the resume is just you cannot find nine. Re- you can't find ten resumes better. They still nope, have. But- but you can find 10 teams playing better. Can you, though? Can yeah. you? Are you yeah. sure? Are, are, are you sure? Because here's the deal. Playing better? Three-game losing streak. Three-game losing streak. All three are the teams that I have in the top 15. Two of them were on the road. One was in OT. I thought it was interesting that after the loss at Baylor, Bill said something along the lines of, there are times to have negative reactions with your team. In other words, there are times to like really freak out about your team and wonder – you know, how good are we? Are we, you know, is this thing slipping away from us? He's like, I don't think we're there right now. What I took from that was by the time we get to the end of this, every Big 12 team is going to take a three-game losing streak somewhere. Ooh. And I don't, I don't know if that's true, but I do believe it's possible. I don't know if it's actually true, but oh. I, it's, it's undeniably possible. And that, that's what happened to Kansas. Like getting smacked at home by TCU, obviously that is never supposed to happen. But – Nothing weird or about losing at um, at Baylor or at Kansas State in competitive games. He, I, I guess, this is, this is my thing. Bill didn't seem too concerned, and like there are times where Bill has wondered publicly about what's going on with his team, what's going on with a, a certain player. Like he's not the type who shies away from questioning where his team is at any given moment, and he didn't seem to do that even after a third straight loss. But this is interesting. 
So next up, as you pointed out, at Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So to avoid the first four-game losing streak That's right. of his career at Kansas, a career that now includes 20 seasons, Bill Self must this weekend beat the team that was preseason number one at Ken Palm in a true road environment. Where's that team now? I don't know. Where's Kentucky? I'm looking right now. Kentucky is 29th in Ken Palm. Kansas is 10th. Kansas will be favored in that game. Let me bring this up. I bet you it is favored in that game on the road. I guess it's a one-point projection here. Of course. No. Projected to lose. One point dog. Okay. There we go. He's a dog. I wonder. That'll be interesting, that line, when that comes up. I wonder if Kansas will actually be a dog when that line pops. Probably so, because of the three-game losing streak. Probably So, so listen, if, if Kansas goes and loses to the le- team that lost to South Carolina, then we can have a new conversation about Kansas. Mm-hmm. A four ga- How about this? I'll put it this way. A four-game losing streak under these circumstances will concern me. You got to keep them in the top ten. The three-game losing streak that they have right now doesn't really. I mean, they, they played three good teams, two of them on the road, and they've shot poorly from three in all three of those games. If you do that, if you play those three teams and shoot poorly from three in all three games, a lot of teams would go 0-3 in that stretch. Here's my last question for you. What's more likely, given the competition in this conference, what would you say is more likely? The Big 12's regular season ends, and at the top of the standings is one team or four teams with the same league record? Because I think it's four teams. I think it's more likely that we would have a four-way tie than one single team actually winds up separating from the crew. I'll say it, having one team, one win better than the rest of the league is more likely than having four tied. But if you drop that number down to three, I can see a three-way tie yep. pretty easily. I'm I, do think, I do think we're going to have co-champs. I don't think anybody's winning an outright Big 12 title this season. I think, I think one is more likely than a four-way tie, but I think a a co-champion situation is more likely than an outright champion situation. Let's move on. Um, the Mountain West Conference, it's not the Big 12, but it is a good league with a compelling race and five possible NCAA tournament teams. We're going to spend a few minutes on the MWC next, but first a word from our partners. From the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes! A reminder, if you want, you can now email the show, shouts2cbs at gmail.com, shouts2cbs at gmail.com. We are loving the responses we've gotten, the emails, the correspondence, the questions. Continue sending them. You can send in a video if you'd like, 10 to 15 second video, ask a question, name, city, town, get out. We'll try and drop those in going forward on the show, on the YouTube channel. Continue to send us stuff. We love hearing from you. And thank you, as always, for subscribing. Unless you look at the net ratings every single day, you might not know that the Mountain West Conference is the fifth best league in the country, according to the net. Better than the ACC, better than the Pac-12. Deadleg, do you agree with the net or do you take issue? GP, did you read my power rankings last week? Yes or no? Come on, man. That's a no. This was detailed in the in the PRs last week, the Hey 19. That's right. Mountain West. I thought yeah, we were maybe springboarding. springboarding. How many, hey, how this many, was a great little lead. You wrote about the Mountain West. Let's podcast about it. No chance. No chance. How many? How many? Uh, how many minute read did you? That thing. I keep it. I keep it breezy. 
It's breezy. I got I got to get 19 team capsules. It's uh, it's probably Actually, I think like- I did read it. I think I read the capsules. Yeah, I do well, learn. Don't. I do in, in this in the spirit of fairness. I do learn things from your capsules. Um, I kept it like I, uh, I roll my eyes at your order of teams. But well, I yeah, do look, listen, but I do learn I'm things, have the same teams as you. <laughs> but I do learn things in the capsules. I roll my eyes at your order of teams. If I if You're- I if, if I were being honest with you, here's what I would say: subpar ranker of teams. Great capsule writer. I'll take it. But as a reminder, <laughs> I am also ranking the hottest teams in the country. Get ready. Charleston is going to be in the top 10 again. Has not lost in like two months. It's hot. Charleston fans, me, if you're looking for your team to be ranked at CBSSports.com, I'm your guy. That's all I can say. People keep asking. Like every morning, somebody's like, where's Charleston? And I, I just, there's no way to even talk about them without sounding like I'm crapping on them. And I'm not crapping on them. I think they're obviously good. I'm so happy for Pat Kelsey. I simply don't think they have a resume that is worthy of being in the top 26 in the country. And if you, uh, if you'll acknowledge that the way I try to do these um, are more or less the same way a selection committee might look at things, well, then go look at where Jerry Palm has Charleston in his bracket. Go look at where any other bracketologist has Charleston in their bracket. Um, it, it doesn't line up with the AP poll. The AP voters have Charleston way higher than most computers and way higher than most bracketologists. I, it's an amazing story. I, I I just do not, given the way I do things, I don't think that's a resume that deserves to be ranked right now. But I take no issue with anybody ranking them because more than um, I'm tied to the way I do things, I'm happy for Pat and, and that program and that entire community. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm being sincere. That is That comes from a sincere place. I do not think Charleston should be ranked right now. I I love that Charleston is ranked right now so that it gets attention that 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 everybody there seems to genuinely appreciate. Mountain West stuff. San Diego State, Nevada, Utah State, Boise State, New Mexico. Five teams. The Mountain West is ranked seventh at Ken Palm, but fifth in the net and is having another really good season because, as mentioned in last week's power rankings, you have San Jose State is above 500 in January for the first time ever as a Mountain West program. Air Force has been a sub-500 team for the majority of the past, you know, 10, 15 years, above 500 right now. Really, the weird thing is that Wyoming, a team projected top two in this league, is 6-14 and 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 1-7. Wyoming's terrible. No one saw that coming. But we have had enough plot twists elsewhere where the Mountain West, it's a given what it did in the non-conference, and where teams stand right now, it is a guarantee to get at least three teams into the tournament. Four is on the table. Five is a long shot, but you're going to have at least three there. Don't know which those which of those three is going to wind up uh, being the five I mentioned at the top, San Diego State, Nevada, Boise State, New Mexico, Utah State. They're all top 50 at Ken Palm right now. The best of it is actually Boise State at 16-5. and five. The Broncos just took a loss on the road Friday in OT at New Mexico, a good game in OT. There's actually been some controversy as well in this league as of late. Um, Leon Rice, understandably so. Apparently, like the New Mexico baseball team was physically waiting, intimidating the the Boise State basketball team as it, as it left the locker room at halftime, and apparently it got kind of heated back there. I don't know. Rice had a huge issue with it, understandably so. Thankfully enough, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a brawl, but he was uh, he was not happy. Boise State goes on to lose. Then New Mexico and Patino gets pissed because they lose in another game that needed bonus time and free hoop on Monday night. A double OT affair on CBS Sports Network and a loss against Nevada in which Morris Udesi grabbed an offensive rebound and was being 
pestered. I don't know if he was truly fouled or not. I understand if you're a New Mexico fan, you don't even want to hear that. But he did in an effort to be like, get the hell off of me. He he swung his elbows. He was he was assessed a flagrant one that allowed Nevada to go to the line, get the ball. And that wound up being those those points wound up being the actual final points of the game in Nevada's 97, 94 win. Um Whatever. Nevada wins. It's actually better for the Mountain West that Nevada wound up winning in terms of overall team resumes. But it's a good league with a good race, as you said at the top here. And it's another good season. But as I noted in last week's power rankings, GP, um, I, I will, I'm, I'm eagerly going to follow this this conference and this in these races and see these teams get into the tournament. I think from a national perspective, widespread college basketball fans across the country, it, it is going to come down to like you have you have to win games in the tournament. It went 0-4 last season, right. sent four teams to the tournament, and it's going to run into the same problem here, GP. I'm not seeing an easy pathway to any of these teams getting a five-seater better. Maybe a five, like if some team separates, but it's not, I don't think any of these Mountain West teams are going to put themselves in a position where when they get into the tournament, they're going to be favored in at least two games. They might be favored in their first round matchup because a couple of them are going to be single digit seeds and they might be on the six, seven or eight line. That that might happen there. But in order for this league to, I think, elevate in status and reputation, you're going to need at least two teams to win at least one game in the tournament. Last year, it was a quality year for the conference, but then a complete pratfall and nobody wins a, a game in the tournament overall. But I am liking what I'm seeing here and we've got a variety of teams certainly capable of doing it. I would register... Nevada and New Mexico is the two surprises. San Diego State was a preseason favorite. Boise State is normally pretty good, maybe uh, overplaying expectations slightly. And then Utah State was actually a bit of a metrics darling, and I did have them in my top 80 or 85 going into the preseason. So not a total shocker, but at 16-4, they're right there in the mix with the other four. Like you mentioned last year, the league got four teams in the NCAA tournament, and those seeds were a 6, a 8, a 8, and a 12. And then Colorado State lost by 12 to Michigan. Boise State lost by 11 to Memphis. San Diego State lost by three in overtime to Creighton. Wyoming lost by eight to Indiana. And and that, you know, so it, that became a story uh, to some degree. Um, you know, the Mount West Conference, you know, did not perform well in the NCAA tournament. Were those teams ever as good as we thought they were, as some of the computers suggested they were? Fair question, I guess. And the league's going to run into that again unless they have success in the NCAA tournament. For what it's worth, though, right now, I've got Boise State at number 24 in my top 25 and one, San Diego State at number 25. And then after that, I've got Memphis at 26. I would have Rutgers at 27. And then I would have Nevada at 28 and, and New Mexico at 29. So I've got four Mountain West Conference teams in my top 30 uh, right now. And, you know, I... I I don't know if the league's actually better than the ACC or the Pac-12, like the Nets suggest, but it's a it's a quality league, no question, and one that rates clearly better. Like, at worst, it's the seventh best league. At best, it's probably the fifth. At worst, it's the seventh, and clearly better than everybody else below it. The top seven being, in some order, the Power Five plus the Big East plus the Mountain West um, plus the Mountain West Conference. Kimpom, by the way, has five Mountain West Conference teams in the top 50. Uh, it has six ACC, but only four Pac-12. So, you know, looking at it from that perspective, the Mount West Conference falls right in between uh, the ACC and and the Pac-12. Um, the Boise State's another interesting one. 
I, I remember this last year becoming a thing, and and then they lost, and so it's still a thing. Boise State's been the NCAA tournament eight times, never won a game. 0-8 mm. all, all time. Is it okay? I wasn't sure if it was 0 and 8 or if it had never made the second round because it had won like a first four game. Literally, okay. literally has never won an NCAA tournament game. So that's Is the that- type of bullet point that gets connected to your program that like you just want to win a game. Like, hey, you know what? Put me in the first four so I can win a game. Like, you almost want something like that. Trivia time that I think oh, might be right. Okay. Uh, maybe right trivia time. Let's go. Maybe right. I think this is it. Uh, let me actually, I can, I can check this on the fly real quick. If it's, if it's recently changed, then, I, then I'll just tell you what it is. But I think this is still the case. Hold on. Let me see. Trivia time. Let's go. Uh, team with the most all-time NCAA tournament appearances that does not have a win. UMass Lowell. How about UMass Lowell, by the way? We seeing what those, what those Riverhawks are doing? The they got a shot. The, the, Missi- the Mississippi Riverhawks? The Mississippi Riverhawks. Are you aware? 17 and four. Where is this team? And why is it not in your top 25 and one? 17 and four. Probably for this in in their history as a D1 institution. Without looking at it too closely, I would assume they're not in the top 25 and one for more or less the same reasons Charleston isn't. It's unacceptable. Shouts to Pat Duquette and the UMass Lowell Mississippi Riverhawks. They're coming. They're coming. Uh, do you want the answer? Do you not want an, uh, an actual guess? Most teams all time tournament appearances. Oh, no, yeah, I'll guess. I'll guess. I'll guess. It's got to be like a, um, a a low major team that won a lot of conference tournaments. Yes. And then just gets in and gets their brains beat in every year as a 15 seed. Something like that. Something like that. Yes. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. Feels like it's Maine. Uh, Maine's never made the tournament. See what I mean? It's me. Feels like it's the exact opposite, actually. (laughs) I couldn't have had a worse answer than Maine. Feels like it's Maine. (laughs) What? I feel like is is it Georgetown? Oh, congratulations, Georgetown! Twenty-nine straight losses. It's finally over. Of course, it had to be you, DePaul. Georgetown has won games in the NCAA tournament before. It has. Get out of here. Prove it. Prove it. Hey, prove it in ten eighty. I bet you can't prove it in 1080. Show me a Georgetown tournament win in 1080. I bet you can't. I That I don't think has happened. <laughs> but in the standard definition era, you best believe. Killing it. The answer. Wait till you see how I tie this all together. Okay. The answer is Iona. Mm-hmm. Iona. I think it's somewhere around like 15 or 16 appearances all time without a, without a tournament win. That's a probably right trivia question. I'm pretty sure that's the answer. Someone feel free to fact check me in real time on the pod or find me afterward when you're listening to, on your phone. Iona coached by none other than Rick Pitino. I've heard of him. Rick Pitino. Trivia time. Okay. Rick Pitino. Yeah. It's one of three coaches to take five schools to the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Steve Alford mm-hmm. can become the fourth coach to do that if he takes Nevada out of the Mountain West to the tournament this season. Okay. Who are the other three? No, there are two. There's Alford two would be one of the other three okay, if Nevada goes there. Patino's okay. that. Who are the other two? Lon Kruger. Correct. Kruger did it with K-State. Florida. 
Illinois, UNLV, and the Oklahoma Sooners. My apologies. I got a coach calling me for some reason. I don't even know why, but I sent that right to voicemail. Tubby did you Smith? Hear, did you hear that? Did you hear that yeah, phone we, ring? Yeah, we could yeah. definitely hear All that. Right, here we go. That's why you, you have to put put you have to turn your phone on silence. Yeah. First rule of podcasting. I know. I'm gonna sorry about that. Should I call the coach out? No. Okay. I won't. Is it Tubby Smith? Tubby Smith did not just call me. No, I didn't assume Tubby Smith called you. Uh, is Tubby Smith gone to Tubby Smith is the other coach? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, Lon Tubby, Tubby Smith. Smith, Rick Patino, and, and maybe Steve Alfredson. And maybe a yeah. Tubby took Tulsa, Georgia, Kentucky, Minnesota, Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Tubby could have done it with six. He just never got Memphis there. Tubby would have st- would have stood yeah, alone. Yeah. You don't have to tell me. I I, I know. Anyway, so those are some uh, some trivia times and some your Mountain West corner here. I'm gonna say agree or disagree. Three teams to the tournament. Four. Four. Yeah. Four is possible. Yeah. Five. Like Jerry Palm, I think in his most recent bracket had five. I'll go four. I think so. I think somebody will fall off. Someone's going to fall. Five is asking too much. And they're going to be, they're probably, they'll be like a, there'll be a, a five or a six in there. There'll be a seven. Two of them will probably be in eight, nine games, and one will probably go to Dayton if they get four. Something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. If they get five, one will be in Dayton. I would definitely agree with that. If they get five, that's an outrageous accomplishment for that league. But yeah, five means one's going to Dayton. All right. Uh, before we look ahead of the next couple of nights, some other notable results slash developments uh, from the past two days. Georgetown finally won a Big East game, beat DePaul. Snapped a 29-game losing streak in, in Big East games. So, like, sincerely, congrats to Georgetown. Like, it, it, it doesn't change the trajectory of anything. It doesn't impact Patrick Ewing's future in any way whatsoever, I can't imagine. But it's nice to – now people will stop saying that, right? Georgetown hadn't won a Big East game since – Georgetown's lost X amount of consecutive Big East. That's over. And so yeah, that's, a good, that's a good thing. Armani Bates! Got 43 points and a loss score. 29 straight at one point. <laughs> it was like he was just, I actually think the cameras caught him saying F-U-G-P. I think that was after he hit like his 20th and 21st point. Yeah. First off, I don't think you should ever score 29 straight points in a basketball game. <laughs> All right. I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't think that's appropriate. That's, you know what? That actually, unless your name is Wilt Chamberlain, probably true. Yeah, I don't, I don't believe it's, I don't believe it's appropriate for any human to score 29 consecutive points in a in a game but that is what Imani Bates did on Tuesday night. Ohio State has now dropped a 3 and 6 in the Big 10. That's not great. You got him going to the tournament though, right? No, no, no. We we, we have a a dribble handoff <laughs> coming later Wednesday. This is another example of it, right? Hey, this is why we this is why we changed the days. <laughs> is exactly right. Dribble handoff coming Wednesday and it's like uh pick a team that's not currently in Jerry Palm's bracket that you think will ultimately make the NCAA tournament. I couldn't get in that slack quick enough. I was like, give me Ohio State. And then about halftime of Ohio State, Illinois, I was like, you know what? I'm done with Ohio State. I've ruined Ohio State. Give me Texas A&M. You don't understand, folks. It is, uh, this is another team. The second he takes them, it's, it's a conspiracy. Every single time Gary Parrish wants to gas up a team, he kills their season. The podcast and his powers continue to extend. What is going on? Like, if you're a Chiefs fan, why wouldn't you pay me to publicly come out and say, I think the Bengals are winning the Super Bowl? Like, why Why wouldn't you pay? Why wouldn't you say, GP, we got something for you. All we want is for you to go on your stupid little podcast and say that Joe Burrow is the greatest quarterback of all time and that the Bengals are about to not only win the AFC, but, but win the Super Bowl. 
because then the Chiefs have, the Chiefs have beat them by forty. Patrick Mahomes be out there limping around. They'll win by forty. The second I the second I tell you who's about to win the AFC Championship game, they have no shot. It's over. Dariq Whitehead, I ain't said nothing about him. Just for the record, I never even said a word about him. Uh, suffered an injury, lower leg injury, and Duke's lost at Virginia Tech. I don't think we have an official diagnosis yet, but we can agree it didn't look good. Um, any thoughts uh, on those things from the past two nights or anything else we haven't discussed from the past couple nights? Um, I mean, Bates played a good game. I did see Adam Zagoria, uh, your your former travel uh, roommate, I believe, some years back, uh, tweeted out that uh, there's some scouts who want to put him back in the first round. I, I'm not I'm not going there. We, we, I, I understand Toledo's a solid Mac team. 29 in a row. I don't know. But good. listen, good on Bates. Uh, oh, by the way, Eastern Michigan lost the game. So, you know, what do you want from me on that? Uh, on Yeah, I just checked. There's no word yet from Duke. Uh, I do think we are going to get an update on Whitehead before Wednesday is done. Indications... These are just indications are that it is not as bad as initially feared. Now, I'm not going to outright directly report that because if Duke announces in <laughs> if Duke announces in seven minutes he's torn his Achilles, then we already know what's going on here. Okay. So I'm not going that long. I'm not going all yeah, the way. Let, let me be clear. Like we have no diagnosis yet. That is what it looked like. Yeah. We hope that it's not that. But well, that, do you want to do you want to reverse this? Do you want to say he? Do you? Do you? What do I need to say to make Derek Whitehead great? All right. So I I need you to declare that Derek Whitehead is going to miss the rest of the season with a torn Achilles in order to avoid Derek Whitehead to miss the season. Okay, I'm gonna take it a step further. Okay, you ready? Uh, I, yeah. Okay, here I go. I'm just scared Derek Whitehead might never walk again. That should do it. Clean him or high. That should do it. That and you are do a doctor. So. I am a doctor. I've been one for years on the podcast. I'm a podcast doctor. No, in all seriousness, uh, we hope it's not. I hope, I, I hope what you heard is the truth, which is it's not as bad as it looked because it looked bad. It looked exactly when we were all watching that. We all thought the same thing. I mean, I thought and hoped it was just an ankle sprain. But yeah, sure. Um, I think we'll get news on that. They need him. Duke is also in this week's court report. I actually think Duke can play this spoiler role here. Now, Duke is never, ever, ever going to be the underdog. But because it's had such an up and down season with injuries and it's not likely to win the ACC, I, I think it could, it, it, provided that Whitehead is able to return at some point in February, if if not sooner, they can. I think they can ideally pull it together and uh, and maybe become something of a nuisance in the ACC. And at this think point, the country's going to get behind the plucky Blue yeah. Devils, and they won't get behind them. But that doesn't mean they can't play spoiler. Even if they, even if folks won't get behind them, uh, Duke right now has lost three of its past six games, four of its past eight, sits at five and four in the ACC, and goes to McCamish on Saturday to play Look, Georgia Tech. I was asked. I was asked yesterday, like, "Hey, so what's wrong with Duke? You know, preseason top ten team, and it's not not going so well." And, I, and like, I'll ask you this question because this is sort of the way I presented it. What if I would have told you in the preseason 
that, um, okay, really the only meaningful player they brought back was Jeremy Roach, and he's going to miss time because of a toe thing. What was it, a foot thing or a toe thing, whatever it was. Yeah, it was toe. Uh, okay, yeah, toe thing. Okay, so the only meaningful player they brought back, Jeremy Roach, and he's going to miss time with a toe thing. Um, their number one recruit, uh, Derek Lively, is going to give them basically nothing, and Derek Whitehead is going to have a preseason injury and then, oh, uh, in late January, uh, suffer another injury. Well, how, what do we think Duke's going to be? He'd be like, I don't know. That doesn't sound like it's going to be very good. And so here we are. That's what's happened. You know, they, they, two of their, this whole Duke hype thing was tied to, they are bringing in not only the number one class in America, but three of the top four, I think it was three of the top four prospects mm-hmm. in America. And one of them's giving them nothing. Other one had a preseason injury and an in-season injury. And Cal Filipowski has been largely terrific. But like that, when you are relying on a top on a top ranked recruiting class to make you good, and two of the top three recruits either are injured or not good, well, then you you know you're up against it. That's hard. That would be hard for Mike Krzyzewski. That would be hard for John Calipari. It's obviously been difficult for John Shire, but I think it'd be difficult for anybody. I agree. Uh, and Whitehead's not even averaging like ten a game, but uh, you know. If Duke is going to be a factor in March, he, you know, they need him healthy and to be able to play. Roach is the is the key player, and Lively needs to to improve. And Filipowski's been awesome. Filipowski, uh, we can touch on this real quick. I did see a few uh, chat uh, messages about this earlier in the pod. It was a freak. It was a freak play. I I don't have a problem with it not being a flagrant one uh, when he got accidentally walloped walloped dude in celebratory fashion so it's not you know it's not like um it was mj collins of virginia tech who you know hits the bucket late and then he just turns and he just goes to pump a fist in celebration and just he doesn't see filipowski he's right there and he gets just hit hard and then shire said he was vomiting in the huddle but he got back on the floor there um i saw joe ovius prominent local radio host friend of the pod uh, suggest that if Mike Shashevsky was coaching Duke, this would have been a flagrant one. Do you agree with that? If she- it was if it was Shashevsky instead of Shire, I actually don't agree with that. I think that it, it still would have been uh, still would have been ruled what it was. Yeah, it, I think that's where common sense has to step in. You know, like like he wasn't swinging his fist to hit somebody. Like I I'm I'm comfortable with the way that was handled. I, I am too. Like I don't like seeing it, and it's it's it sucks. But I don't know. There the intent wasn't there, and it was a freak accident. I don't know. I just I don't have a problem with it not being a flagrant one. But I know Duke fans were up in arms about it. And understandably so. You like your team and and no one wants to see. I mean, at that point though, I, I tweeted about it in real time. You know, you've got you've got Whitehead on the side in crutches, his his foot, his left foot just wrapped in ice. You've got Filipowski vomiting and you know, there's even like a little blood on I guess on his uh on his on his leg there at that point. Jalen Blake's is rocking the Zora look with a hard shell mask. And it's just like, and there, and and Duke's on Duke had not been a, a dog to Virginia tech. And I think 23 years. And in that moment, it's kind of like, man, John Shire is really going through it here in year one there. So unfortunate, but, uh, but I didn't have an issue with it. Other than that past two nights. No, I'm pretty good. What do we got coming up ahead? GP I'm going tonight as long. Actually, let me check though. You go ahead and read out the, uh, yeah. So looking you know, ahead uh, to the next couple of nights uh, on Wednesday night, Got a pretty full schedule. Xavier at UConn. I believe that's where Deadleg is going to be. Houston at UCF. 
Texas A&M at Auburn, Wake Forest at Pitt, Dayton at Rhode Island on CBS Sports Network, St. John's at Creighton on CBS Sports Network, Utah State at San Diego State. So two of those five projected Mountain West Conference tournament teams. Uh, that's also on CBS Sports Network late on Wednesday night. On Thursday night, Middle Tennessee at Florida Atlantic on CBS Sports Network, Iowa at Michigan State, Purdue at Michigan, UCLA at USC, Arizona at Washington State. Norlander, I want you to touch on any of those games or any other games in a moment. But first, yep. uh, Middle Tennessee at Florida Atlantic. I believe, if you don't mind me saying, if you don't mind me saying, okay. I, I believe I was I was the first person or at least among the first people to rank Florida Atlantic. The Owls are now 19-1 and one on an 18-game winning streak. They have two Quadrant 1 wins compared to zero for – never mind. Just I know you led Wednesday's uh, court report on FAU. I saw it in an email. So why don't you tell folks what they need to know about Dusty May's program. Look at you out here. Out here. Taking credit for Florida Atlantic, FAU. Yeah? Real proud of what I've done with Florida Atlantic. Okay. Yeah, you've come a long way. Everybody was focused on Charleston, and I stepped in and said, you need to be focusing on Florida Atlantic. And then, boom, just like that, Florida Atlantic was in the AP poll. And they ain't never losing again, it doesn't look like. Is that so? Yeah, I don't think they're ever losing again. <laughs> 100% losing the next game. Well, oh, the <laughs> there is that. Need to uh, need to remind you of something though. Mm. Mm. Everybody, why don't you sit back and listen for just a second here? You might recognize this voice. The team that won can have a lack of incentive to get going early. Um, now, if it were Western Kentucky against, uh, I don't know, Florida Atlantic, <laughs> I would think that they'd sweep that two thing two game. Uh, uh, schedule no problem but when you get comparable teams the team that lost game one seems to have an edge in game two so far this season we've seen it over and over again i don't even remember saying those words what was that about mm, what was that about it sounded like i was sideline reporting somewhere you were on cbs sports network okay well that wasn't this season that was it last season but you know who hasn't forgotten about that dusty <laughs> may oh no oh no all right, so this week's court report leader is... <laughs> Did Dusty really send you that? 100%. Oh, my God. In First fair, of all, he's going to listen. He's, he, he, he is a listener to the pod, and we got to... This was at the very end of the interview. I talked to him. On <laughs> and so he goes, yeah, man, there was a game. Paris was doing sideline. We're not even playing in it. <laughs> and suddenly he starts talking about, like, if you're playing a good team... Yeah, I can understand it. But when you if you're playing Florida Atlantic and I was like, you have to send me this. Find it. He's like, I'll see if I can find it. I'm not exaggerating. We hang up less than 90 seconds later. It gets texted to me. Oh, he's got it in his phone. He's got it saved in his All phone. The way. That was clear. Like that was clearly me just throwing out a, a not mm. uh, a, a team that's not a contender for last season. CUSA title. That's what I was doing. I, I could have said Old Dominion. It's just the, the words that came out of my mouth were Florida Atlantic. I promise you, you I, I wasn't thinking any more about it than that. Uh, obviously, I just do this in good jest. Uh, Parrish's face looks the color of his shirt right now. I love it, buddy. Um, no, he was, and obviously, it's just... Uh, all this, this season, I've been texting Dusty. He's, he's like, thanks, G this whole time. I'm, 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 like, I didn't realize, like, deep down, he's like, this, this, here comes this MF for texting me again. <laughs> 
Oh, what happens when you just play a team like Florida Atlantic, GP? <laughs> I should have just said. Uh, I should have just said rice. Nobody would have cared. Oh, here comes rice. <laughs> next, rice is going to be 19 and one next year. You just did it. Scott Paris. Scott Paris. Uh, Scott Paris is going to block me on Twitter. <laughs> That's next. Oh, man. Uh, but yes, FAU is the lead item. Um, and it's as the, as the title indicates, it's not just that they are a good mid-major team. They genuinely a very, very good team and might might wind up being too good to be uh, labeled as Cinderella because there's a chance that this team winds up getting something like Murray State under, you know, uh, Prome like a decade ago. Maybe it gets to the tournament two or three losses. And if it does that, it's not going to be in the 8-9 game. Like, it'll probably be a 5-6 or 7 seed if that's the case there. Um, you know, they've got, a, they've got a pretty awesome thing rolling down there. And... Uh, I couldn't help but chuckle when I was looking. I was like, okay, how'd this whole thing start? Here's the thing. Like Florida Atlantic has only been playing basketball since 1988, which is, I mean, that's, it's, it's Hell, I've, been playing, I've been playing basketball longer than Florida Atlantic. Exactly. <laughs> about that. Crazy. <laughs> and the facts of that, I'm more, ex- that, I'm more experienced at basketball than Florida Atlantic. <laughs> Another thing for Dusty May's phone roll right there. Um, so the fact that this program is in its fifth season under Dusty May, its fifth winning season, that accounts for half of the program's all-time seasons above 500. It's outrageous. So the, it is just an unlikely story, but an incredible story. They are, they are legitimately good. Um, and there's, I don't, don't want to spoil the whole thing, but yeah, they are, uh, they are a team that you shouldn't just consider. And they're, gonna, they're almost certainly going to take a loss or two here. So that's going to come. But they have a three-game lead in, the, in Conference USA. But it's not just, you know, do I want to take this team to win a game? Like, they're absolutely capable of making the second weekend there. They don't really have a star. They got, you know, four or five guys averaging. They got a Florida State situation going on, averaging between nine and a half and 12 and a half points a game. They shoot well from three. And eight of the nine core guys on this team were on the roster last season, which is a major, major factor. And it's even more surprising considering that they went like three and six down the stretch. They, they gave away some games, but. You know, it is a testament. Like, they didn't lose guys to the portal, and Dusty said he was a little bit nervous about that. So, if you have not seen FAU play yet, they are a good watch, and they are a really good team. They're just coming off of four wins out of five on the road next to or at home. So, at 19-1, and one, they are likely to get to at least 21-1, and one, and they keep, they keep climbing. They're in the polls again this week. They were ranked last week and this week. Those are the only two weeks this program's ever been ranked, and it is a rare case where right now, and we get this, you know, a couple teams each year. That's why I love the sport. You know, Florida Atlantic is having its best season ever as a program. You know, we can't say that right now about Houston. We can't say it about Tennessee. We can't say it about UCLA. Can't say it about UConn. It might wind up being true about Purdue, but we can't definitively say that about Purdue just yet. We can say that about Florida Atlantic. That school, that program, that area, that community is going through its best season ever as a basketball program. It's one of the best stories. And yes, it leads this week's court report. Any other Thoughts? Any other reasons you want to crap on Dusty May and the else? I would just like to reiterate that I was the first person to rank Florida Atlantic this season. Everybody else was focused on another mid-major team, and I said, "This is the one." If you're gonna, fo- if you're looking for mid-majors with awesome records, the place to look is Florida Atlantic. They got two quarter one wins. Don't make me play the clip again. You don't know. You weren't ready. <laughs> you weren't ready. I'm gonna get. I'm a. I gotta work on my cyclone impression yeah. and an owl impression. 
I got to work on an owl. An owl should be pretty easy. I want to. I want to perfect it. I want to perfect it before I perform it. But I got to work on an owl impression to go with my cyclone impression. I might put them. I might have an impression before this is over of an owl in a cyclone. I think that's what the people want. This is my impression of an owl inside of a cyclone. I'm not going to do it right now. I'm going to work on on it the rest of rest of the week. I'll have it ready. I'll have it ready by the time we need it. I'll have it ready by the time we need it. Uh, I will be at Xavier Yukon. Weather's going to turn my way. The, the previous forecast was that it was might be like seven, eight straight hours of snow up here in Connecticut. That has changed to rain. So uh, road should be okay. And uh, I plan on heading up there. 6.30 tip on Wednesday. Yukon is uh, looking to, to win two games in a row for the first time in 2020, 20, excuse me, 2023, the year of our Lord. Has just two wins so far since we flipped to January. Sounds like they could use a game against Rice, if you know what I mean. Tell me about it. Uh, UConn, of course, started 14-0. It's now 16-5. Xavier, you know, one loss since late November. It was at DePaul. How about that? DePaul knocks off Xavier, loses to Georgetown. What a riddle. What a riddle of a team. But I'm looking forward to this game tonight. So that's the big one. That's I think that's the biggest one. GP gave you the whole big slate of games if you are in a reasonable time zone and you or you want to stay up late on the east coast utah state san diego state is must watch stuff at cbs sports network tonight at 11 no i'm gonna stay up late i'm gonna stay up late i'm hoping if 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 the weather's okay i can get home all right yeah i'm hoping to catch the end of that uh, after i drive back from stores late tonight there but Xavier UConn, big time, big East game there, uh, you know, and it certainly will mean something for UConn to have any kind of chance at finishing top two in the league ledger. It's a good team. It's still ranked six at Kempom, but they're five and five and trying to uh, trying to hold hold serve and, and break even with with Xavier. UConn's first loss of the season came at Cintas on New Year's Eve. So I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that one in person. And then GP ran down the Thursday night games. Um I'm going this weekend to Mackey for Michigan State at Purdue Sunday on CBS. But before that is is Thursday, Purdue at Michigan. Uh, we'll see if the Boilermakers can keep that similar to or identical to Florida Atlantic, 19-1 team right now. That's tough. So, That's going to be tough. They'll have to play one to win. Against Michigan? Yeah. At uh, Michigan. Will they? Will mm-hmm. they? Michigan's 11-8. and eight. Like, kind of sneaky, just mediocre team so far. Like, this is a game Michigan... Doesn't have an NCAA tournament resume now. It needs to win this game. It's at home against Purdue. If you want to go to the tournament or have a hope to do it, you need to do this. And the next games are at Penn State, at Northwestern. You know, those are not winnable uh, automatic games this year. Certainly not for a team like Michigan. So just keep an eye on it. Purdue fans are probably like, listen, we know our team. We know our history. Um, or we, they might even half be expecting a letdown kind of game. We'll see about that. But that's that's my most intriguing game of Thursday night, just to see. Uh, how Michigan shows up if it's ready to go, but it is a it is a pretty good Wednesday and and Thursday here for over the next couple of nights with games. I I just think playing at Michigan, independent of everything else, can be challenging. Kim Pomp's got it projected as a five point Purdue win, and that suggests that you will like let's just, let's just take what I said uh, literally. Um, they have to they'll have to play well to win. I suspect they'll have to play well to win there. And oh by the way, remember when I discovered Jed Howard and told you he would look like a lottery pick? Guess who now is showing up as lottery picks in mock drafts? Yeah. I was there with you. The only two things I've been right about this whole year is Florida Atlantic and Jed Howard. This year being the key. Jed Howard. Uh, someone's asking, is Jed Howard playing? So <laughs> did, you, did you just take him out of the game? Actually, was he? Uh, I don't know. I don't have the answer to that right now. 
Um, but keep an eye. I would think he is. I don't know. He hasn't missed a game yet this season. But it was just asked in the chat, so I, I, you never know. There might be something we might not be aware of in real time on the pod. You ready to get out of here? I got to go do a dribble handoff and ruin Texas A&M season. <laughs> I'm going to tell you how Texas A&M is about to go from outside of Jerry Palm's bracket to to making the NCAA tournament for the first time under Bus Williams. And then just and watch. Texas A&M plays at Auburn tonight, so we'll see how that they're goes. Done. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you're done. I should pick another team, given that. I mean, even like even if what I'm saying is true about Texas A&M, they're probably going to lose tonight. They're an underdog tonight. Maybe yeah, Auburn's playing for a spot in the power rankings on Thursday. A win there and they're in. Loss, you're done. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hawk. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Allen College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe. Anywhere you subscribe. Our status is uncertain. Shadius, a very common commenter, said he was injured last game. How are you not aware of this? I just wasn't, man. I'm not going to fake it. Uh, they played Minnesota Sunday night, and if you didn't catch it, Houston lost to Temple, and I had to re-record the intro to the podcast. That's how I missed it. Yeah, we're gonna have Houston. to be. Yeah, that Houston thing was. Houston thing was. I don't know what our Sunday podcast. This is where we'll do with this Friday, but like I'm gonna be at Purdue. I don't even. I don't even know if I'm gonna be on the podcast, but we can't be. We can't do this to ourselves anymore. Now we can't do it to ourselves. Let's see what Sunday's schedule looks like. Let's see what time we can. I don't. You guys I, can't I, do I, it to really me anymore. Please, yeah. me. Think of me on this one now. Keep in mind, I didn't even care. Norlander, Norlander suggested. I, 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 I didn't even care. I, I didn't even care. I know. Oh boy, this Sunday's beautiful. No, I, I literally might not be in position to record. I'm doing Providence Villanova at noon Eastern, Michigan State at Purdue at twelve fifteen Eastern. And no more ranked teams are playing the rest of the day. Yeah, but uh, I, I yeah, this might be a a Cobb or Booner special because I uh, I'm I'm conducting interviews after that that game for a good while, so I might not be around. Hey, we'll, we'll figure. Hey, we got plenty of time to figure that out. All right. Yeah, that's true. We got plenty of time to figure that out. Over at Apple Podcast, five stars, nice review. Type some words. There's more of us than there are of them. That's undeniable at this point. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do what you got to do to the like button. And we're going to talk to you again on Friday when we look forward to another unbelievable weekend of college basketball. Till then, take care. 